CabanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of Top 8 Magic. I'm Brian David Marshall. My pleasure to be joined, as always, by Michael J. Flores. And, you know, it's been it's been nine years <laughs> since uh, we last recorded uh, coming into this very special reunion episode. Mike, it's, it's so good to see you. Age really befits you. It gives you a look that befits the gravitas you have. Uh, you've really come into your own over these nine years. Uh, so great to see you. Oh, thanks, Brian. I, I would think that, you know, the sunken cheeks and the eyeballs <laughs> falling out of the sockets would be less than, you know, op- you know appetizing, but, thing, you know, I, I appreciate yeah. it as I gum my jello. <laughs> uh, of course, some things never change. We are at Waverly and Gay. It's freezing. Oh, it's, my God. It is so cold. <laughs> I was like, Mike, good news. There's seats outside. <laughs> no shit. Nobody <laughs> else is stupid enough to be out here. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping that uh, for this reunion episode, yeah. we get a lot of special guests. I'm really hoping for wailing sirens. Motorcycle guy, uh, shoeless Joe, perhaps even a hook hands. Yeah, hook hands. You know, who, going who, all the way back to season one. And Yoshinoya, and then like we got so, bug bomb. Yeah, bug bomb. <laughs> the one like the toxic fumes guy. Yeah, they they came in and they just we were sitting there and they just fired off a bug bomb. Smells like victory. <laughs> Probably went off and won a PTQ that weekend. <laughs> so, uh, so it's it's 2019, huh? So we haven't podcasted since 2010? Something I think so. Jesus Crow. <laughs> well, in, according to your time, the last time we podcasted, I had just designed the uh, World Championship winning deck. Oh, nice. Good job. <laughs> High five. Yeah. Wow, that's been a decade. <laughs> well, okay. It's actually been a decade yeah. since Andre Coimbra's historic win with Nia Lightsaber. Wow. Ten years? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That is that's kind of scary, actually. Yeah. Like, Ted, Ted, uh, Ted Knutson tweeted at me today in all caps that it had been 10 years since the wrestler was released and that didn't like phase me at all we yeah. were talking about marissa tomei but that didn't phase me at all but uh, but 10 years since andre won worlds actually That's kind crazy, of crazy actually right? kind of knocks me for a loop well i think of that as like the recent part of my relevance in the magic community so <laughs> so do a lot of people yes yeah, so, right? so, so do a lot of so people 10 years i'm on the wrong side of the d-e-c-k aid um you you're getting close. You've gotten close with Roman Fusco a few times now, by the way. Yeah. In terms of uh, relevant decks, he's been crushing things, or just short of crumpling. Maybe he's crumpling them, not quite fully crushing them. I mean, with mono red, with not mono red, but fi- with like finals, your burn deck. Finals with the opponent on three in the, and he hadn't lost a match the whole day, right? Yeah. Then he lost. The, and that was the best. You play by played the NAS match. If, <laughs> if Roman had won the flip, would he have won the match? Probably not. He was still lost. It was. One, right? It was super. It was super. Cl- it was super close. I mean, maybe he could have, but like, he. I, I. I think there were a couple. Of you know, maybe we'll put the text play by play in the yeah. in the notes for this. It's. But I mean, it was pretty close. So I was at Grand Prix Oakland. Uh, Mike was like frantically. Uh, stage mothering, like sending me texts from three thousand miles from 3, away. Three thousand miles away about how Roman was doing, and you know, I, I'm not gonna lie, I was looking for a way to get Roman into the feature match area. Yeah. At ten and two against Matt Nass, I mean, we'd shown a ton of KCI, and it wasn't a win and in for Roman, yeah. right? It was a win and in for Matt, I think it was. Or no, they remember. were the same record. Oh, it was the same record. No, okay. Because Roman got paired up the next round and then scoops Hunter in. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. That was, but that was uh, some Ben Kenobi shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> but we couldn't we couldn't get uh, we couldn't get Roman to feature match area. But Mike's like, but I want to know what's going on. So I just like sat behind Roman and Matt and just texted yeah. a, a, a literal audience of one text feature match to Mike. Yeah, that was that was gas until the point that the Roman. Well, it looked like Matt was gonna fizzle in game three. That was right. the thing. Yeah. So I talked to Roman about it later. Um, I think, I mean, the, all of you can read the coverage on my phone if you yeah. come over to a freezing bench on Waverly and Gay. So I, I've been. Or Mike's phone. I matter. actually I do a lot of theory about modern burn, which I think probably doesn't surprise anybody. Like, like I I, I just know things to be true that other people don't even accept to be playable. Like. If you're playing red-white, first of all, you should play red-white and not Naya, and people still play Naya. Makes no sense. Right. There's no argument to play Naya. All that happens is you always lose game one to red-white because you're stuck with the stomping ground in your deck. That means they get a free card. Right? That's the only thing that happens. Right? So, 
Uh, I have played this matchup dozens of times in tournaments, yet to lose one, right? So that's one thing. But the the, th the other thing is that Chain to the Rocks is... Ab I, I only played three the last time I played Modern Burn, but it's just absolutely a four of. If, if not a, just a three of, depending on the metagame. But I'm going to... That's a... By the way... That would fall into the category of a classic Mike four of. Yeah. I only played three of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a, you know, the old vampiric tutor. I mean, the last time I only played three just because like, I looked around the room, it was it was right because of, and I lost to blue-white in the top eight, right? That was, it was absolutely the right play in that right. tournament. It was a lot of blue-white control decks. But, you know, the, the biggest, the biggest, I, I don't know, quote, evidence, unquote, I'd say is, if you look at like the MTG Goldfish heads up statistics, they have... They have Burn being disadvantaged against Affinity. Neither Roman or I have lost to Affinity in three years. In like three years, literally. And, <laughs> um, and you know, but they're aggregating decks that have Wild in the Cattle, and nobody plays Chain to the Rocks. And I think that they, they don't even understand why Chain to the Rocks is so good. You know, I get questions like, well, what if they, what if they Assassin's Trophy your Chain to the Rocks? <laughs> well, what if they do? <laughs> What are you asking me? What life total do you think they're on? <laughs> they're like it, it's you know like it's like is an unsummon a good card? Just change your looks a heck of a lot better than an unsummon, right, right. right? And the situation that you're talking about, like it's performing three times as good as an unsummon now. If you're talking about somebody Assassin's trophying it, and we take their five five out for one mana, how much damage do you think you did that turn? Like that's that's the thing. So, um, long story short, been doing a lot of theory about this. Uh, Longtime blue proponent Joey Pasco, Affinity for Islands, Affinity and, and Blue. And top eight magic listener. Yeah, and uh, you know, Yo MCG taps. You know, he, he, yeah. he's probably released way more podcasts than we have this year. Oh yeah, he has. He has. Um, you know, he's converted to red in both standard and modern. Uh, and the the thing is about modern burn, I I just just challenge a lot of the paradigms that people have. Like, I just, you know, toot my own horn, which I would never normally no, no. do. I was like the first person to play Inspiring Vantage. I used to, I got cat called for Inspiring Vantage. You're like, nice standard card. I mean, that's, everybody plays it now, right? Yeah. Um, but the thing I'd say is, I'm just so into playing one casting cost cards. You, just the way you describe the game with Roman, if like any of his two casting cost cards were just mediocre one casting cost cards that you would play, like something on the, on the order of a shock, you would have just won. Right? Like, you just got, like, a random duder that you wouldn't play in modern. Like, you know, one, two, plus one, plus oh, and haste if you've got, like, two, two instants in your graveyard or whatever. That guy would have killed Matt in, in game three if he had that instead of, like, Skullcracker or right, right. literally just would have killed him. And same thing with the Boros Charm. So I'm, I'm all about cut two lands, just play all one. It's I have uh, ten slots of ones and four Eidolon to the Great Rebel. <laughs> Do you, do you see yourself playing something like Skewer the Critics, just pivoting slightly to Ravnica Allegiance? Oh, absolutely. I'm, you do? I don't have white in my deck anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, this is gonna this is gonna crack the starting lineup in Modern Burn. Yeah, we have two to four in the main deck right now. Scar is probably better than Riftbolt. So the the reason is that's <laughs> fair, right? Like, so the reason is it gives you a they're they're the same, right? You don't they're, have to give them that turn. They're right? three casting cost sorceries that you get for one sometimes, right? But that card is way better against blue, white, and it's way better in like these these games where you're just like, I'm gonna explode my whole hand at you. Because if you've got an Eidolon in play or you hit them with like a lava spike or anything, that card just comes online. All right, so you lose the flexibility of just floating a Rift Bolt on turn one when you don't know what your opponent is. But that's like the least interesting thing you can do. Like, you're not losing a lot of other flexibility. By the way, probably both are in the in the mature version of the Burn Deck are gonna be both four ups, right? So. I think I have two in my current list, though. Is there is there anything else from the set that cracks? Yeah, I have uh, I, the deck I presented today that I was brewing up had four light up the stage in the sideboard, but I think I'm only going to play one. And then what what is uh, which card is that light up the stage? Light up That's the stage is the red, red divination. Two. Yeah, okay. So that card is uh, R two sorcery, but it has spectacle R, so you can play it for R instead of three. Uh, why don't you read the text? Yeah. So spectacle R. Uh, you may cast a spell for its spectrum cost rather than its mana cost if an opponent lost life this turn. And then it has exile the top two cards of your library. Until the end of your turn, you may play those cards. Wait, no, no. Until the when? End of your next turn. Your next I am turn. sorry. You're All right. right. So I read it the way that pretty, you read it originally. Pretty important yeah. word there. So there's no downside on this card. It's just pure gas. The only time that this card is ever not just better than divination 
is if you turn over two lands, but only in the case it's your third turn and then you you play your third land and then cast this card and you turn over two lands. In almost every other situation, the card is just insane because you can choose to play the cards over time. And then in a format like Standard, for example, it has really interesting synergy with like the Flame of Keld. You have your cards set aside, so the Flame of Keld doesn't force you to discard them. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it's also like if you've got like, if you turn over two burn cards and you're playing against. So you're going to play Flame of Keld? Um, in modern, probably not. I'm, but I'm just saying, I yeah. definitely play this card in both standard and modern. Um, my current deck list has one copy, I think, in the sideboard, but I'd play as many as four. But I mean, I'm toying with having black, and the other the reason is I have dark confidence in in the other three slots right now. Okay. Which is isn't that weird for me to be that playing is, dark confidence? It is pretty weird. But yeah, but my deck is my my main deck is, um, uh, 38, 38 red cards and four bumps. So. Okay. <laughs> Feels it's very Shaheen Sarani. Well, it's the the thing is, it's just the conversion of one man into three damage. But what, like, you know, card for card, what's better, a bump in the night or a, or a Boros Charm? Boros Charm's better. It costs literally 200% of the mana of a bump in the night. Right? So I'm just really at this thing where if you're serious about never playing a fourth land, right? Like, how, how much damage can you deploy is dictated by being one casting cost versus two. That's it. Three land, two casting yeah. costs, don't, you can't cast two spells in the same turn. Is there anything else that, that jumped out at you from the red cards, whether it's for, for standard or, or modern? Oh, I mean, I think... While uh, you're corrupting Joey Pasco, you might as well go all the way. Electro-Dominance may be a better modern card than it is a standard card, and that, oh, is, well, a, and well, that this, is a bold statement. You, so you think this card's great in standard, too? I think that card is A-plus in standard, and it might be better. Whatever better than A-plus is literally, in modern. I've literally not been able to think of it as anything other than... A modern card. Well, it's just a broken modern card, right? Right. So you cast, like, uh, in the immortal words of Patrick Chapin, you cast balance for RR like Garfield intended. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this card is absolutely busted. Right. Right? Like, it gives you, like, a plausible... Like, if you're playing, like, Greater Gargadon, Restore Balance, Artifact Mana, like, this card is unreal. Yeah. Uh, So you you can cast uh, Ancestral Vision for RR. You just cast it. Yeah. Imagine your, uh, your burn deck and you just... Wheel of Fortune. You could do that, yeah. Probably not. <laughs> Probably don't want to give them seven cards. Not in cards. your burn deck? Well, maybe for playing it's Jun. But the thing is, like, Jun's so easy to beat. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. My, my perspective is different. Like, you know, I think that all these matchups that people think are competitive are, like, auto wins. Like, I just never lose to decks with Tarmogoyf. Like, somewhere, somewhere when you said you never lose to Jun, Reed Duke's, like, weights that he's bench pressing just got heavier. Oh and he just God. started pushing out harder and angrier. Uh, yeah, the, I think the last time I played against Brian Gottlieb in a tournament, he beat me with Jun. Oh, boy. Uh, and, I mean, he... he, he he don't, he's not the type to lord that over me. He's just like, I know it's not a good matchup, but I did beat you, right? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I would certainly be like, I don't, there's matchups I can't, I would never beat. Like, I never beat Soul Sisters. <laughs> can't even imagine beating Gold Soul Sisters. And I've lost to Blue White the last two or three times, and Blue White Red the last, last two or three times yeah. I played against it, which is a less popular deck now, thankfully, but it was very popular when Mark Herbaholz you, you know what's a funny corollary to that? Like, never losing to Soul Sisters? So I play a lot of the red deck on Magic Online. Yeah, it's um, a standard, right? In standard, yeah. Well, that's all you can do. I mean, not on Magic Online. In, ma- on, in on arena, Magic arena, arena, yeah. Um, it's the the Etienne Busan deck. Yeah. Uh, the deck that everyone says is my deck, but it's not. No, it's a, yeah, I it's, did um, not make that. My deck is called it's called Train to Busan because yeah. it's his deck, and you know, do on you, the train to do Mythic you with it. Run train on your opponents. <laughs> I mean, I guess I do. That's in a an very accept- literal. That's I think a, in a very literal sense. That's an acceptable thing to say. No now. air quotes. <laughs> um, but uh, <coughs> yeah, like the Ashino Pyromancer and Goblin Chain Whirler and yeah, <laughs> and Rikid yeah. Phoenix lineup. <laughs> but it's really funny. So I play a lot against people in Arena who are playing like these like Life Gain Dawn of Hope decks. Yeah, and yeah, I, you I maul. Those I just guys. maul those decks. Right, like my opponent plays Dawn of Hope, and you know they think, and I'm like, yeah, we just maul. But it's funny. I've been thinking about that card a lot, Dawn of Hope. Yeah, I think that card has to just be insane against control decks. <laughs> Just absolutely bonkers. So, I would if just those say, things can exist. I would just anymore. say, like, hold that thought. Is there incentive to just be a control deck in a world with wilderness reclamation? Well, no. Like, I, there's just no reason, right? Because the wilderness reclamation deck just does anything that a control deck would want to do, but then also just kills the opponent on turn five. So, I, I know you've you've talked to Chapin about this card. I've I've been talking to uh, my own Hall of Famer. I've been talking to Zvi Moshewitz. About this card. Oh, that card is also blue and green. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm counting Growth Spiral as, yeah. as the card that puts that card into play on turn three. Z- 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 is in full 
panic mode about that. You know, like, do you remember in the old days where V would do a set review? Yeah. And he would just, like, declare that a card should be, you know, maybe banned? Yeah, he, I, I would just always point out the last set review that V did, to the best of my recollection, was Saviors of Kamigawa, yeah. which was back I in, don't recall anything getting banned. Well, was it, well... A card that I'm about to name was banned in multiple formats, so you're gonna oh, have okay. to you have to pause that. But I I always point out that he gave the exact same three star rating to Umazawa's Jite. Oh yeah, oh that's and gnarled yeah. mass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, betrayers of Kamigawa. But, okay. I, I, I apologize. Say, yeah, yeah. Okay. I did the set review for series. <laughs> that's how I know when when uh, when his last one was. Um, but you know he he's just been like you know up in arms about that card. Thinks it's it's uh, super powerful, especially with like the addendum spells that are available so you know uh, you know draw draw three scry three if you cast it during your turn seems pretty good what? so we well i mean emergency powers i think is really the well we haven't the, even the yeah, without even getting to or is this gonna powers. be why don't we just make this part one of our set review what? you want to you want to make well, it let's just one? do two colors like on two casts and then just send them in i don't know but okay. we should just turn this into a set review sure well, and that will force us to do like the next four chapters sure what do you what, what do you do tomorrow I, I could be around tomorrow. Why don't we do it tomorrow? Then? I'm probably going to midnight pre-release, so I have like a big window because there's not usually okay. left in them tomorrow. Yeah, Why I could probably do, do it too. Tomorrow. Okay. 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 Um, Where so are you going to start on red? I mean, we could. That start would be red. weird, right? Do you want to start? I, I start on red. I don't care. Yeah, let's start on white. All right. So Angel's, why don't we start on green? Because we never do green. This we is, never get to green. In well, any the of our most series. busted card in the set is a green. Sure, card. and we just did talk about that. So okay, so let's talk about that card, Axbane Beast. Now. That's not it. Actually, Beast is a 3-4 uh, common beast. It's it's nothing. Wait, so it's just a 3-4 beast for 4 mana? Yeah, it's like is 1 it, mana and it, 1 toughness better than a normal mass. It doesn't force it's your better. opponent to discard cards Strictly or, better. Or, or gain 3 life when it comes into play? Strictly better. Why would you play this card, <laughs> even in limited? Because <laughs> you max out on normal masses, Mike, and you want an Axe Beast. Well, all right, I'll have to trust you on that one. Uh, Biogenic Ooze. This is a creature ooze 3 GG for a 2-2. It's a mythic rare, so it's got to be good. Uh, when it enters... 2-2 for 5. 2-2 two, two, 5, but when it enters the battlefield, you create a 2-2 two, two green ooze creature token. So it's 2-2-2s two, two, for 5. Okay, so four, like this is like a Dirkwood boar. Right, and then at the beginning of your end step... Oh, wait a minute. Put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on each ooze you control. So really, it's a 6-6 six, six for 5. Right, so they're both oozes. Yes. Okay. And this is a persistent ability, so next turn there'll be 8-8 eight, eight worth of oozes. Right. And then it has one GGG, create a 2-2 two, two green ooze creature token. Wow. So this is really like 6 power for 5 on the first turn, gets to be 8 power by the next turn. God forbid... Well, I mean, the ne on, on the next turn, like, let's assume you don't do anything else and you just make another ooze. I mean, what really what if like... you just cast another biogenic ooze yeah. oh, if you yeah. add another one? Yeah, like, yeah. That would be maybe potentially even better. You get... It's not just that you get another ooze, which you would get with just the activation of this ability. It's but, two more oozes well, and two more sets of plus one. Well, it's two plus more sets of plus one, plus one counters, I think, is really the... Uh, I can't count that high, though. <laughs> so I'm putting this card on very dumb. <laughs> this is like a doubling season level of dumb. Do you, do you like this card? Seems great. You think this card will see play in standard? No. I'll tell you why. <laughs> I think Black White is the best deck to okay. begin with. Um, I think Mono Red is overrated right now, but still great. Okay. And then I think that Bant is Bant combo correctly rated at super dumb. Yeah. And this deck card doesn't go into any of those three decks. This right? sounds like my perfect card. Yeah, it does not. Like Bant would never deign to play this creature. Right? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. Would it? No. No. This is kind of like a. No, the, I mean, there's this... Those cats that uh, that that approach the second sun would play, yeah, you Caracol. know... Yeah, Caracol. Yeah, it's kind of like that, Caracol. actually. It's a good it's a good defensive card if you sure. can ensure that it will live. Might be a sideboard card. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think... Yeah. I think if there's a deck that's just, like, forests and junk, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty good. That's a pretty value-laden I'll card. I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think, I think black-white might be the best at that strategy right now, so Okay. that's my opinion. Uh, biogenic Upgrade... So this is an uncommon for GG for sorcery. Distribute three plus one plus one counters among one, two, or three target creatures. Then double the number of plus one plus one counters on each of those creatures. Man, this is going to make Simic Ascendancy really, really powerful, right? <laughs> you just like win on the spot if you got Simic Ascendancy in play. 
That word double is a pretty yeah, it's a, a pretty, pretty pretty powerful pelvic thrusting word there. Yeah, and you already you also already have cards like Hadana's Climb, which is sort of people have forgotten about available in the standard format. Yeah. You could just flip your Hadana's Climb. There are some powerful cards, but a lot of them do nothing if you're not already rolling. Yeah, yeah. This this card is is a sweet limited card. Yeah, I'm not, sort of like a, a fixed overrun. I'm not remotely playing this card in constructed unless something really unusual happens. Well, you know, much like a child who says, "Well, if the universe is infinite, what's at the other side of that? What's past the infinite? Uh, if this is not remotely playable, what is Endray's Forerunners at eight <laughs> mana?" Well, it's eight mana to start. Oh well, I mean, actually, this card's kind of sweet. This card maybe maybe is playable, right? This feels a little bit like. A uh, Craterhoof Behemoth, five so, green, green, green. So for a eight board. total for seven, seven. Though. Yeah, seven, seven. Vigilance, Trample, Haste, and then when Enray's Forerunners enters the battlefield, other creatures you control gain plus two, plus two, and Vigilance and Trample until end of the turn. Um, so this attacks as a seven, seven. Everything else you have attacks as plus two, plus two, Vigilance, Trample. So this is a, also like a fixed Craterhoof. If, if this is your fixed, I mean, if it's overrun. if it were seven and a little bit smaller. Even I mean, Crater Hoof saw play at, at eight. Yeah, but we're talking about natural orders, right? So it saw play in standard. Did it? Yeah. Who who cast it? Brad Nelson. Are you sure? Yeah. I think he was casting Calm. No, are you? Are you? I'm pretty sure he hoofed people out. I think the the reason I he I, may have cheated it into play somehow. I'm I'm a little just question mark on this is. That casting cost at eight, like, what's the bridge from seven for Prime Speaker? Oh, Because sure. I think, like, if you're Prime Speakering, like, you need a, you need a long mean, bridge of human we're, skulls we're to get to We're doing green, so we might find the seven pretty easy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of human skulls between right. wherever the Prime Speaker starts and eight. Oh, by the way, you know, with the Prime Speaker, you could actually biogenic ooze into another biogenic ooze. The you Prime Speaker can't sacrifice himself. No, no, I'm saying you sacrifice the biogenic ooze, the base one, into oh, another oh, biogenic ooze, and you actually okay. get nine power that turn. I mean, okay. if you don't have any sixes in your deck. Actually, yeah, I kind of like Enrace Forerunners. It's actually going to go in multiple commander decks of mine as a double back, as a backup to Craterhoof Behemoth in case that ever gets banned. You have banned. multiple decks that have Craterhoof Behemoth? <laughs> yeah. All <laughs> right. Multiple decks that are green and blue. One of them is green and blue and black, and one of them is green and blue. So who are the generals? Sidisi? Sidisi is the Sultai and then commander. And the other one is Momervig? Momervig, yeah. Man, in one. Ooh. I got them both. You did. Uh, Enraged Saratok, this is an uncommon. 4-4 four, four for 2-GG. It's a rhino. It can't be blocked by power, creatures with power 2 or less. This is much better than that 3-4 oh, for yeah. 4. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Much better. You could tell because it's uncommon. Yeah. And the other one was common. But this is a rhino. Yeah. And beasts are much better than rhinos. That's true. So these cards should be equal in power. What if you had, like, two of those beasts and then you put them, like, face-to-face -face and they were like, it made the beast with two backs? Yeah. Oh, I mean, they couldn't get through each other because they're both three-fours. And nor should they. They're, they're... Did, you read, uh, did you read Ari Lax's blog post today about three-twos and limited? No. It was really good. Yeah. It was really good. He was just talking about why there's so many three-twos in this draft format right now and how that makes for a better draft format, the idea that your three-drop gets to interact with your two-drops and with your four-drops. And it was just—it was just a really, really thoughtful. It was just a really thoughtful, clean analysis of what makes limited interesting. Even though, you know, Guilds of Ravnica may be a set, be, you know, that should be a little worn out. Yeah. You know, just in terms of like, well, there's only five decks you can draft if you're generous. Uh, but you know, the play has been really rewarding, and this is—he was looking. Wow, at this. you just hurled holy water into my face, and it's—it's it's burning my vampiric skin away with that. Why? I was considering going to the Grand Prix, and then you're like, "Well, there's only five decks you could draft," and I'm like, "Huh? <laughs> I well, haven't played any limiteds." Oh uh, well, they, but you, no one has, because this will be Ravnica Allegiance. Yeah, but I don't. I'm not intuitive about knowing that. Can I? Would I, I have to play Orzov? You. I mean, you can play whatever you. Whatever looks good, man. But what I think looks good is often what other people think is unplayable. Listen, man, we'll bring in an all-star team of coaches for you. We'll, 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 we'll Skype in Marshall Sutcliffe. Yeah. He'll yell at you about your operations at tournaments with your multiple language cards. But then he'll give you some good coaching wait, wait. on what to play in Limited. But, but that's brilliant. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Okay. And then we'll go, we'll grab a meal with Ryan Sachs. He lives here in New York. 
And uh, Ryan Sachs has become a big limited authority. He's a really good guy. I, played, I, had, lunch, I had lunch with him at Katz's today. I played uh, I played in the same midnight pre-release with him a few yeah. a few a few sets so we'll ago. Get him to, I I unconditionally won that pre-release undefeated, all right. and then just gave him the cards well, because they were practicing for an event. You hear you heard just it here gave first. him the cards. Mike is going to give Ryan Sachs coaching now what? for Grand Prix New Jersey. I mean, he like drew in the last round with somebody. Like, like, <laughs> that's not an unconditional victory. This is how you get the most packs. Like, well, you played an extra we'll you, hour. We'll get you all coached He's like, up. It's like, you played an extra hour for one more pack. And I'm like, no, I played an extra hour for one more pack for you. We'll get but him, I, I got the victory. We're going to get you all coached up for this for this GP. 4 a.m.? Jeez, I'm crow. That's what I'm going to do tomorrow night? Yeah. Yeah, jeez, I guess I am. All right. Gate Breaker Ram. This is a card that cares about gates. I could tell from the name. Yeah. 2G for a 2-2 sheep. <laughs> uh, gate Breaker Ram gets plus one, plus one for each gate you control. Oh, wow. And then as long as you control two or more gates, Gate Breaker Ram has Vigilance Trample. This card seems awesome. Seems like if you have a lot of gates and limited, this card is great, right? Yeah, I mean, like, if you play this as, like, uh, you know, 4-4 four, four or 5-5, five, five, it's going to, you know, pretty much When it's also the got, like, the built-in evasions, yeah, right? Like, yeah. Like, well, not evasion. It's Vigilance and Trample. Trample is evasion. I mean, it, 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 it sort of is. Block me. I dare you. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I hope that the gate deck has is a little more viable than it was in guilt. So this 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 bodes well. I understand all of the words you just used, and yet, and yet here we are. Sequencing. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> uh, gift of strength. Target creature gets plus three plus three. This is a reprint. Um, you know, nothing. Just a combat Wait. trick. And gains reach. Until end of turn. So this is just a giant growth for 2x the mana? Yeah. Is this good enough to make it into the infect deck? Probably not. Like, yeah, I don't think so either. Two, like, unless you want to block their creature. <laughs> Will I yeah, block their, 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 their nexus? Yeah. But the thing, here's the thing about the infect deck fighting the infect deck. Everybody's giving minus one, minus one counters. So even if either of the creatures survives combat, they don't really. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no winner. You know, yeah. it's just terrible. Like... You see the, the poor, like, Ink Moth Nexus or the poor Blighted Agent? They're just covered in, you know... Yeah, it's just blight. Icker. Icker. Blight and... It's Icker, I believe. And uh, all kinds of elfness. Uh, growth Chamber Guardian. This is a rare. It's a 2-2 two, two for two. But it's an One elf... One energy. Elf Crab, crab Warrior. Uh, and so it has Adapt 2 for two and a G. So uh, if this creature has no plus one, plus one counters on it, put two plus one, plus one counters on it. So similar to, like, what we saw in Theros. Um, whenever one or more plus one, plus one counters are put on Growth Chamber Guardian, you may search your library for a card named Growth, Cha Growth Chamber Guardian, reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle your library. This card seems fantacular, right? It's just a bear, and then sometimes it's a 4-4, four, four, right? You had, to, you had to invest five, but every time you do that, you get to draw a card. This is like, it's like slightly worse than a Kavu Titan once it's fully kicked, but it's a Kavu Titan that Howling Wolves? Is that, yeah, if we like, were going to talk about it in a way that our listeners but the thing is, totally wouldn't understand? But like a Kavu Titan, you have to make a commitment, right? Like right. You, like the, the whole thing is when, when the YMG guys played Kavu Titan, they were playing a card that they could play on two or on five, and, like, that was the reason they chose that card, right? right. They, they, they could, you know, if they didn't have a Riverbow or whatever, they didn't have a Land of War Elf to go into Chimeric Idol, right? Like, they're just going to—they've got a two. This card is always a two. Yeah. Super solid, and then you just, you know, somebody wants to rumble with you. Right. Uh, this is such a powerful card in terms yeah. of, like— end of, end of, right, turn two, go. End of turn three, make, make it into a four-four. It's a Squadron Hawk. Yeah, go get right? another one. So— it's kind of cool. The thing that's cool about this card is, like, it would be such a great or super powerful limited card, except for you're never going to have more than one <laughs> copy. So, yeah. uh, But you're going to search just to make your opponent think you do. Oh, man. See, I, I, maybe at the Grand Prix I'll have two copies of this. I'd probably make day two if I had two copies of that card, I'm guessing. I, it's it's I think very that, good. I think my opponents would just be complaining about that asshole who had two Elf Crab Warriors. There might be too many words in that sentence. Uh -huh. Wouldn't mitigate my assholedom. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, Gruel Beastmaster, three and a G. There's our siren, by the yeah. way. We're, we're, we're one down on special guests. I noticed. We got it. Gruel, we need a jackhammer, too. We need jackhammer to show up. Uh, Gruel Beastmaster. Is that like Jack the Ripper, Jack Catch, Jackhammer? Yeah. Uh, three and a G for a 2-2 human shaman with Riot. So Riot says uh, the creature either enters the battlefield 
with a plus one, plus one counter or haste. So you can attack as a two, two haste or have a three, three at normal speed. Uh, whenever Gruel Beastmaster attacks, another target creature you control gets plus X plus zero until end of turn where X is Gruel Beastmaster's power. So if you play this on turn four and just attack, uh, you know, choose to give it haste as a two, two, it attacks as a two, two end. Let's just say your three drop, which is a three, two. Thanks, Ari Lax. You know, attacks, like haste in a mini attacks as a five. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Uh, I mean, obviously not strong enough for constructed play. Although it's a cool picture. I like that picture. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Guardian Project. Three and a G for an enchantment. Ooh, it's a formatted green enchantment. It's got to be great. Let's find out. <laughs> Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, if it doesn't have the same name as another creature you control or a creature card in your graveyard, draw a card. So I think this card is... Insane um, in Singleton. <laughs> well, it's a little wackadoodle if constructed, right? Like, that's a lot of work to just have a small incremental uh, amount of card advantage. Yeah. I think, like, if like, for this to be competitive and constructed, you'd, it'd probably have to be, like, three and, in fact, have fewer limitations. But in limited, is this just, like, always draw a card? Like, you don't have so Pretty many... Pretty much, yeah. I double mean, also, and triple copies. Also, also a, a fine commander card if you're just looking for some way to just, you know... You can only play one of any card. You, you know, as long as you have creatures Isn't in your deck. Isn't the bar in Commander pretty high in terms of how good the cards have to be? Yes and no. Yes and no. I mean, like, so a lot of times you can, you, the, the, I would say there's like a middle section of your deck that is just about finding, finding the top other part of your deck. And this is a great card for that. This is a great card for helping you just, like, if you have the type of deck that, like, for example, um, a Croson Druid deck, like a, a Druid deck. <laughs> and you have a million druids in your deck and you're just playing them out, well, this thing is just going to keep chaining them for you. They're going to keep making you mana because they make mana in your stupid druid deck. I mean, this card's just, like, really interesting. Like, um, did you ever play against Randy in Commander? I played against him, like, once or twice. Did he play, Did he play like, a mono-blue permission I think deck? he did that once, and then he played, like, a... Then he played, like, a uh, Rafik of the Many deck, and then is he played... Is that, like, a, a Bant guy? Yeah, then he played a Sliver Queen deck... You know, I mean, he played decks that kind of had, like, that were pretty brutal, heads up, but then in a multiplayer game were not as good. I think that his profile is the kind of person who's, like, always makes spike decks in Commander. Sure. Uh, and in every format. <laughs> uh, Incubation Druid. So, wait, where were we on Guardian? Yeah, Guardian Project is a card I'm interested in, in for Commander. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't think it's good enough for, for Constructive. Yeah. Probably, probably a bomb in limited. We'll have to ask Ryan and Marshall. Well, I think in limited. Well, here's the thing: in limited, it depends on how aggressive the format is. I don't think you could just take turn four off, right? Of play, playing like a relevant sure. thing. Yeah, like I you agree. just you, like you, the opponent's three twos that he played with yeah. the previous turn well, two again, are going to be down. And, and this format has the possibility. This limited format has the possibility of being super aggressive when you look at things like Riot and Spectacle, right? Like really rewarding you for. Just oh yeah, coming out, coming in, out, coming like out really dedicated fast. gruel might be real, yeah. real problematic. And uh, also, there's an X spell. So I, if I get like two copies of an X spell, I probably would do well at the Grand Prix. Right. Also, and, and and to borrow an observation from Ryan, who I, like I said I was talking to you today, like gruel beastmaster doesn't have to be in a gruel deck, right? Like you have to worry about it out of the Simic deck too, yeah. right? Like you know, yes, this is a gruel card, but you know what? Your Simic deck can also oh, he can have riot his, it out. He yeah. can also get 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 his riot well, on. So at Katz's today, you ordered potato condition stuffed it with sauerkraut and pastrami. So. I've wanted to do this for a long time. You've been talking about this for years. Yeah, and I just have never, I don't know. I never pulled the trigger. I never pulled the trigger. It's what I call the Kanatsu sandwich. Multiple people just assumed it was a menu item today on on uh, Instagram. Yeah, because they're 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 just ignorant. They're ignorant. Uh, so I, yeah, I bought a potato knish, sliced it open, uh, piled half of a pastrami sandwich. You put, I mean, I feel like that's a lot of pastrami for the experience you're going for. No, it no. wasn't enough. I could have gone a little more. Yeah, I, I could have gone a little more. Uh, I put some sauerkraut on because you. Well, you have a you have a potato knish with mustard and sauerkraut. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not sauerkraut's. Not I like sauerkraut. It. I didn't put a ton on, but I put a little on because it was nostalgic have, for me. Do you have but to I, buy the sauerkraut? It comes with the knish. Yeah. And then some mustard. I'm down with most of the rest of those ingredients. Yeah. I just wouldn't put the it sauerkraut. Was, Mike, it was so good. Yeah. 
I don't know that I'll ever order, like, because what's the one, if you have one criticism of, of Katz's, one criticism, or two criticisms, because yeah. one is the pastrami's too flavorful. Too flavorful. <laughs> that was my first one. It's too flavorful. <laughs> you have a second criticism. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a brisket guy, but I mean, you can't really argue with the brisket. It's brisket done right. Anthony Bourdain would say so. Okay, so what are my other criticisms? What, what the, the other criticism is that the rye bread's not that good. It's I like, whatever. It's pretty... I mean, it's back pretty... in the day, we, me and Chewy used to get them on the hoagie bread, even though you have to pay extra money. For yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed people doing that today, but I sneered at them. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know how I could eat that much. I would get, like, two cats as hoagies. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, how did I eat that much? Anyway, yeah, I... I the Kanat, if you look at me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, for that matter, I have a picture of the Kanatsu sandwich up. It's, I, I it's pretty like, glorious. It's like 2001, we went there for before the Pro Tour to eat, and Aaron couldn't finish one sand, sandwich. I finished the rest of the sandwich, and then he, like, top two the Pro Tour that year. Yeah. Uh, every time. Every right. time, that guy. Let's keep going here. Uh, incubation Druid. Uh, 1G for an O2. I already saw people playing this in the streamer event yeah. yesterday in Standard. Uh, Elf Druid for an O2. An it has tap to add one mana of any type that a land you control could produce. So if you uh, have no lands, it doesn't produce yeah. any mana. Garbage. Uh, if Incubation Druid has a plus one, plus one counter on it, add three mana of that type instead. So this can potentially tap for... This is potentially... Um, like, like a, 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 a Lotus level. Yeah, like a Gilded Lotus. Um, and it has... Adapt 3GG. So if this creature has no counters, put three counters on it. So it becomes a 3-5 uh, gilded, gild, not quite a gilded lotus, but close. So this is a cool card because one of the problems I that... Mean, there's stuff you can do with big mana in this format. Well, I wasn't even thinking of that. Like, this is like the Cavu Titan, right? Like there's there's times when you're playing a green creature deck or a green mana acceleration deck where like... It's turn 10, you're in top deck mode, and you rip Birds of Paradise, and it's like you took your turn off. Right. You rip this thing instead, and you're like, you got, you know, five mana open, and I says, all right, I have a 3-5. Right. You know, it's all right. So it wasn't the best offensive creature for seven mana, but... This, this card's going to get played, right? For sure. It's like 3-5 is three five is okay. Um, I it, mean, people play, like, the the Druid right now that's 1-3. Obviously, that body is better than this body, but... Oh, Druid of the Cow. Druid of the Cow. Yeah, Druid of the Cow is really good at blocking like the Ashino Pyromancer. Sure. That's like that yeah. guy, that's one of its main jobs. Yeah. Right? So I play a lot of Druid of the Cow on Arena, but yeah. that's mostly because I didn't know that I didn't have to own a card before I could use a wild card <laughs> that changed my life. By the way, I didn't log in Arena since then. I think I was oh, okay. mentally scarred after you told me. Oh, that. I'm sorry. I've been playing Arena every day before then. So incubation. Druid. Yeah, it's for sure this is card's gonna be played. Okay. It's it's. I think it's a better card on average than now, Druid of the Cow. Mike, you could go. You could pay seven mana for a three five, or you could just pay five mana for a Mammoth Spider <laughs> and get that three five right up front. Well, I know what Becker would do. <laughs> this card's got True. reach. Incubation Druid can't do. It can do ninety nine things, but block a flyer ain't one of them. <laughs> Man, Mammoth Spider can block flyers for days unless it's one of the five fives, which is pretty much all people <laughs> right. play. Ooh, dragons? No, no, I don't do dragons. <laughs> I, uh, no, 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 no. Oh, might, angels? Might uh, singe my web. Uh, I have a problem with angels, too. Uh, look, could you read my contract? I basically block two twos for three. If you have any of those, happy to play. Dragons, angels, no good. I'll bump up against a three four for four. I can, I'll do the occasional specter. Uh, I'm fine with that. Uh, I don't like Death Touch if, uh, you know, we're taking requests. No. All right. Um, open the gates. Uh, this seems like a, could be a really powerful limited card uh, if, if the gate strategy is, you know, just, like, gives you more redundant gates. I feel like we'll argue about this card later today with Tom Martell. Uh, Why? You know, it's like, it's like Lay the Land. Remember, we, we just... Uh, G for search library for basic land or gate. Reveal it, put it in your hand. Yeah. Seems fine. Yeah, it's fine. I think you played in Constructed. There's Gates are playable in Constructed. Sure. Like Have you played a District Guide yet in Constructed? Uh, this is on my Mike Flores bingo card. I've played, never never played a District Guide. God, I have it. played Securitas Route, though. What's that? Circuitous Route. Oh, okay. I've played a lot of Circuitous Route. Circuitous Route. And you always play some gates. Right. It depends on how aggressive your mana base is. Like, before Grand Prix New Jersey, the previous one, I, I thought I was going to play a teamer deck. 
that had expansion explosion and circuitous route, there were a lot of gates in there. <laughs> you know, blue, blue, red, red, and your mono green deck is kind of kind of aggressive. Yeah. But I did not actually end up playing that deck. But I have played a fair amount of circuitous route, and you typically play gates unless you're playing like mono green. If the gate deck, if the gate deck is good and limited, which I'm really hoping, uh, you know, this is this is a fine card. It, Basically, like, up your gate count. Gates are so much worse than Karoo's. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not in the, in the gate deck. Karoo is worse. Yeah, but what if you just called a Karoo a gate? <laughs> like, everyone knows what a Karoo is, right? Yeah. It's called land gate. <laughs> or, like, yeah. just like, what if it was just like, all right, this is Michael J's set. It's just the same, but it's just land Karoo. And then all the cards that say Karoo, like, open the gates, just like, open the Karoos. And we really need someone to cheat at a GP with, like, adding guild gates to their card pool, just so we can have gate gate. We don't need people to cheat well, so that you can say a punny thing. Oh, we don't now. I've said it. I'm done. <laughs> like, that's not a necessity. Fine. That's a nice to have. That's nice not a need to have. It's a nice to have. Uh, Rampage of the Clans. Can you, gonna cheat? can you cheat in this particular way that I could say me. something very punny? Thanks. Uh, Rampage of Thanks. the Clans, 3G, for an instant, destroy all artifacts and enchantments. For each permanent destroy this way, its controller creates a 3-3 green centaur creature token. So it's got, like, the legs of a horse. <laughs> so, how about this card? I just not... This is terrible. <laughs> right? Like, unless you're just doing it to yourself. I was just say, is there something you could do with treasure? Is there, like, a treasure thing you can I do? I mean, just, like, like... Flip your treasure map and... Like, a fracturing gust is not so much more expensive than this. Yeah. And they don't get... You know, like, I'm gonna... I'm gonna rampage the clans, the affinity like, deck. I would certainly... Ha it's an instant, so I would certainly very happily give the Bant deck... One green, green. centaur? I would give them one centaur... I'd give maybe I'd give them two centaurs. Honestly, I'd be pretty happy to see that searcherous content go away, assuming yeah. I have some other way to deal with them. But yeah, you're gonna lose to the damn centaurs. <laughs> is what you're gonna do. And they're like, Ugh, well, I guess my ridiculous draw engine is gone, but my idiot opponent just gave me six power for free. So attack you. They're not to go back to commander, but I'm building an enchanter stack right now, yeah. and I don't like this card. Just do it to yourself. Oh, I could do it to myself. That's yeah. fair. Just add it to your enchanter deck for variance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's this card in your deck End for, of your PDM? Turn. End of your turn. <laughs> variance, moron. <laughs> don't you know about variance? You think that you see a point where this will get played at all? Yeah, I would be sickened. Yeah. Like, I don't like it when people play, um, what's that one that's like, destroy anything, make a beast? Beast, beast within. within? I hate that whenever people play it. But it's only played in decks that, like, have, like, the no other recourse, right? It's sure. only, like, in Living End. Like, regular decks don't play that. Uh, Rampaging Rendhorn. Nice art. Four, four and a G for a 4-4 four, four with Riot. So this is either a 4-4... Four, four, Haste or a uh, five five for five. It's a common, just card that's going to kill you a lot in limited. If you don't leave back blockers, I'd, I'd much rather have charging monstrosaur. Sure. Um, on the subject of great art, earlier this week I sent Brian a John Cassidy cover. Oh yeah, that of was a comic gorgeous. called The Star Wars Number One, <laughs> which is based on the the true story of Star Wars before. The studio bigwigs got their hands the big on wigs. it. It has such characters as Anakin Starkiller. Did you find copies of it anywhere? Uh, you... Yeah, I, I found some on eBay. But I, I, I told you, like, since Disney bought this, the Star Wars franchise, I think they must think of this as, like, an embarrassment and have, like, <laughs> torched all the copies. The, the copies on, like... If you go to the Dark Horse website, there's, like, links that you can theoretically buy it from, like, Barnes & Noble and Amazon, but they're all sold out. okay. Yeah, it's all, like, you can get them on eBay, but they're all, like, super expensive for, like, a, you know, heavily played. Have you have you looked on the dark web? I don't know how to get to the oh, dark okay. web. And also, don't tell me, because <laughs> I have the nothing impulse good, control of an 11-year-old girl. Uh, Regenesis. 3GG for an instant. Return up to two target permanent cards from your graveyard to your hand. Um, not, you know, fine card. Uh, permanent cards, Brian. Yeah, it's yeah. It's not fine, like... Fine, you know, it's a fine limited card. 
Um, I mean, Is it? Fine. You're taking a turn off. Like, they're going to be bashing you with their Arilax 3-2s while you're, yeah. like, getting back your 3-2s. I love, I love a card like this. Uh, I, what I like about this, one of the things I like about this card is uh, oftentimes with these kind of cards, they have to be really careful about saying exile this card after you play it. But I guess because this because just returns this. permanence, it's not that big a deal. Yeah, because they're just like, who would ever want to cast this a second time after <laughs> they've gotten their hand burned? Oh, this card's fine. I, w- I would probably I would probably play this card in my sample pool. I think if this card didn't say permanence, you just let you rebuy yeah, any two cards, it would probably be a strong contender to maybe be played and constructed. For example, I guess it's an instant and get back wilderness reclamation. All right, man. You can play this in your sideboard. Yeah, it's fine. It's good. It's actually good. You can get Wilderness Reclamation into uh, Fairy. That's gonna be the, that's gonna be the. Def- All right, it's actually this card's broken. <laughs> now that I think oh, about it, it gets to untap. Go, go get two Planeswalkers back. Go. Yeah, yeah this card's dumb. Why? <laughs> why did you get me started on this? It's an instant. Oh, wait, that card. That card leapt in value like real quick. Do you remember when people didn't know that Tarmogoyf was playable and they were yeah. like, "You gotta play uh, Scab Clan." It's an uncommon. It went up to two dollars. Yeah. So. Uh, Root Snare. Yeah, you know, just prevent all damage that would be dealt this turn. Just uh, a fog. By the way, just Andrew Cunio was playing the Wilderness Reclamation, fog, you know, Turbo Turns deck. I say Turbo Turns and not Turbo Fog because he wasn't playing any fogs yesterday. What was he doing to defend himself? Uh, Do you have, like, Blink of an Eye or anything He did, like that? he did. I have his deck list. I can show it to <laughs> okay. you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he tweeted it today. Uh, Sagittarius Volley, two green for an instant. Destroy target creature with flying. Sagittarius Volley deals one damage to each creature with flying your opponent's control. This card's sweet. And for limited? For what format? I mean, whatever. What flyers are you killing? Like a Thopter? I don't know, man. I just think this card's sweet. I think that there are such better options for flyer control. You you know what this card's sweet? In cube. (laughs) And your sideboard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some. I guess it's good if you're, like, playing against, like, one of these many white-based engine decks that make a lot of 1-1 flying light blinkers or whatever. I guess it kills a lot of that stuff. All right, I'm in. It's kind of a neat card. Like, it it does two things, right? When I say I'm in, I mean, let's move on to the next card because I actually don't think it's very good. Yeah, no, it's it's a common card. It's it's nothing to... To, to really get crazy. I just think it's a neat card. It's I not like, like it. R.E. Genesis. Yeah. <laughs> like regarding Genesis. Uh, Cerulli Caretaker. G for an O3 Defender. Tap and untap creature. Tap and tap and untap creature you control. Add one mana of any color. Uh, I think this card might have some life because O3 for G isn't too bad. You can just like first turn this, second turn Amara. Then it's immediately online with Amara. Uh, so you see this is like having like retroactive utility with convoke creatures yeah like i think it's just it turns it just turns on amara immediately and like oh three for one basically stops every one casting cost attacker and a lot of two casting cost attackers pretty well and then like it just it just turns on amara without getting amara into trouble like the problem with amara is you get her into the red zone she makes a one one and she's dead right <laughs> it's like well amara what was your career like because <laughs> you can't talk because her throat's been cut yeah, but by, like, a pirate. <laughs> he had, she had a cup of coffee in the majors, and then it just, like, all went down yeah, yeah. the front of her shirt. Yeah, so that's yeah. the problem with Amara. But, like, if you actually just let Amara go crazy, she's going to generate a little card advantage for you. <laughs> all right, let's keep moving here. Soraform Hybrid. It's a 1 and a G for a 2-2. Two, two. It's a common. It's got Adapt 4 for 4GG. So, fine limited card, I guess. You know, 2-2 two, two, trades and... You know, late game, you know, you make it into a 6-6. Six, six. See, this is a good card that you might want to have, like, in Russian. <laughs> you got a Russian one. People won't know. Be like, hey, can I read that? Be like, eh, Spe- yet. Speaking, yet. Of, speaking of read it, this card really tricked me at first. Oh! Silhana Wayfinder. I was pretty excited. Oh, yeah, no kidding. I had this on the top of my Mike Flores power rankings. Yeah, the th- then you saw what the card did. And then I read it again. <laughs> yeah. And then one more time because I'm not a good reader. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, 1G for a 2-1 Elf Scout. It's pretty close, though. When it enters the battlefield, look at the top four cards of your library. Oh, this is good. Yeah. You may reveal a creature or land card from among them. still good. And put it on top of your library. Now it's garbage. (laughs) Uh, Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. It's even garbage-ier. Like, like, I was was talking about this card with Zvi, and he was like, okay, well, at least least it puts the cards in your graveyard, right? (laughs) Yeah. He knew. He knew it didn't. <laughs> well, here's the thing about this. 
Think about, like, every time an Elvish visionary has been legal. It just wins the Pro Tour. Sure. No matter what format we're talking about. It could be extended. It could be standard. Legal Elvish visionary. A Seder Wayfinder. Whatever you want to call it. Two mana for just any amount of tiny incremental advantage. Green wins the Pro Tour. Eh. How about stall you? <laughs> it's the sage owl of impulses. Yeah. Uh, um, steeple Creeper. What's that? 2G442. It's a frog snake. Of course and it is. And for three and a blue, it gains flying until end of the turn. Wow, is that terrible? It is terrible. You will lose to this card at the Grand Prix. I mean, it's a 4-2 for three, so that's even better than a 3-2 for three, and yeah. it has evasion? Yeah. Because it, like, jumps because it's a frog? Yes. Yeah, I'm definitely dying to this card. <laughs> like, like, I stabilize, I get myself to five, and they're yeah. like, steeple creeper, like, I'm on five. And then I'm like, that means I have, like... I have, like, two draws, right? They get me. They're like, all right, go to attack. So they get me, and I'm like, oh, okay. Then I draw, like, my root snare, and I'm like, oh, okay. Then I draw a card drawing spell, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get out of this. I don't get out of it. <laughs> I was like, I played to be at five, so I would be able to survive two steeple creeper attacks. Yeah, yeah. But it got I mean, me. And then, and then your opponents just say, good game. And then I get banned from the DCI for knifing him in the eye. <laughs> Why did you do that, Mike? We've talked about this. Because I had a knife. <laughs> I had an opponent. <laughs> it's like peanut butter and chocolate, Brian. Uh, Stony Strength. G for an instant. Put a plus one, plus one. Counter on darker creature control. Untap that creature. That might be good, right? Like if you've got some sort of Simic Ascendancies or some kind of Lotus Men, <laughs> some kind of Search Your Library for Men Men. Yeah? I mean, it's like it's Combo a, Nation it's a, it's with a, all these I guys. I was just say, it's a dark ritual with Incubation Druid. Yeah, it's a, it's all right? it's it's just like no seriously, it's a cantrip with that other guy. So if you you tap your incubation druid for green, yeah, right, and then you put a counter on it, you untap your incubation druid, and now you tap your incubation druid and it makes three green. So here's the thing, I was or thinking, whatever, color. yeah, yeah. But also like with the growth chamber guardian, even if you've already done the adapt with him, you can just do it and it still triggers. Uh oh, sure. Yes, it does still trigger because it's not like an adapt. You can only do the one time, but you can do put yeah. additional counters on him and trigger it. Yeah, that's true. That's neat. This card might be a, a, a secret little card. Yeah, I don't. Th I'm not like thinking that this is the most exciting card that you could play, but it does have the correct it's, casting cost. It's, a, it's the kind of card you want to put in your back of your mind and just remember. You're like, oh, how do I how do I get to this mana on this? Like this is this is going to put you to some ungodly mana. On turn, yeah. On turn the, three, the lotus action is pretty solid. On turn three, you go to solid, six mana yeah. with this card. All right. You go play. You play the druid on turn two. On turn three, you tap the druid. You play this. You untap it. You now have six on turn three. That seems great. Could be good. What Could do we do with that? Uh, I don't know. Cast a wilderness reclamation. Yeah, that's not that great there. <laughs> not amazing there. Uh, Sylvan brush strider, two G for a three two. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you you gain two life. Oh my god, that's another card that the red deck can't beat. It's a beast. <laughs> it's a beast. The red deck can beat it. I was just kidding. <laughs> Territorial boar, one G for a two-two. Whenever a creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control, Territorial boar gets plus one, plus one, and gains vigilance until end of turn. Wow, is that a sort of tech. interesting kind of templating on that Let card? Let me introduce you to his friend, the Steeple Creeper. <laughs> That's like a little 2-3 punch, right? Yeah, that is. Oh, you, yeah. You notice how I didn't do a 1-2 punch? I yeah. did a 2-3 punch on that one. All right. Uh, Titanic Brawl. This card sounds great. Yeah. This sounds like the kind of card you need to call me up about at, like, 1130 at night because you're losing in a PTQ to it. <laughs> like, I don't this, know why. Is this a bloodbath waiting to happen in 2019? Yeah, I think so. I haven't even read this card yet. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just telling you that this is my how candidate. How many bloodbaths waiting to happen did the bloodbath waiting to happen? It's still waiting. I'm still waiting, yeah. Because no one ever stormed it, right? No, no. <laughs> like, Maybe you'll get two. <laughs> so blood... Uh, Blood, bite, blood bath waiting to happen costs one in the G. It's an instant. This spell costs one less to cast. It's, it targets a creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it. Target creature you control fights a creature you don't control. So this is just a fight effect? <laughs> it's an instant blood bath waiting to happen. And it's a reason it's a blood bath is your guy will also die. Well, right? no, if it has a plus one, plus one counter on it, your guy might be bigger. What if they have death touch? Oh. 
damn it. What if they give death touch at instant speed? Man, I'm really unhappy about that. Uh, tower defense, 1G for an instant uncommon. Creatures you control get plus zero, plus five, and gain reach until end of turn. So this is just a blocking specialist card? I don't think so. I think this is actually an attacking specialist card. All your creatures, right? Yeah, well, creatures you can do, yeah, it's all of them. But I think this is like when we get to the whatever the card is that lets you Arcades or Doran the Siege Tower. Yeah. In this set, there's a card in, I think, blue-white that does that. I mean, in like a Doran type strategy, this is like an insane overrun. Yeah. Right? It's like, it's like <laughs> two it's mana five, for, like, five. for like plus 15 power, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I think this might be playable. I think Doran might make a comeback as a result. I think this card might already exist. I think this is actually an existing card. But nobody's ever Dorand for 15? No, but there is a, but I'm, what I'm saying is there's a Dorand type effect in this set. Well, there's an Arcades Dragon. And there's an Arcades a... Dragon, so you have like two, you have redundant abilities to do this. Maybe this card's okay. I mean, I feel like a Dorian ability would be insane. All right. Like, I mean, it, when Dorian I'll was... I'll build this on Arena. I'll, I'll burn some wild cards on well, this. Here's the thing. When Dorian was legal and no other good cards were legal... a lot legal, of wild cards, man. Well, there's a lot of players in the top eight of that extended repertoire with Dorian strategies. You remember that? Yeah. There's no other good cards because they were the only deck that had, like, a dual land. Because it was, like, a really weird scenario with rotations. And only, like, the the Murmuring Bosk was, like, the only searchable dual land. We're getting close. We're getting close, Mike. We still have to get through the troll-bred guardian before we get we to just the wilderness his, we want skip to. skip his ass. He's a frog. <laughs> Troll-frog warrior. Yeah. And he guards our way to the wilderness reclamation. Well, he's a 5-5 five, five for 5. Yeah, and he has adapt to, and also each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter. Has wow, this card is great in limit. <laughs> it's actually fantastic. It's too bad we're just skipping him over. Yeah, because we, we're going to talk about wilderness reclamation. This Why don't we just talk about wrecking beast and then come back? Okay, all right, let's talk about wrecking beast. Oh, here's your seven. We found it. <laughs> you asked where the seven was, Mike. Uh, seven mana, riot. Riot. For a 6-6 six, six trampler. So it's either a 7-7 seven, seven slow trampler or a 6-6 six, six fast trampler at 7 mana. All right. Which, by the way, is kind of worse than, say, a 6-6 six, six colossal dreadmaw in all previous formats. You'd just rather just have a card that didn't cost 7 in your yeah, deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, all formats. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wilderness Reclamation, 3 and a G for an enchantment. It's uncommon. So they wanted to make it so everyone could have one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, they were, I looked, I was like, I looked online yesterday, I'm like, I wonder what these are going for. I just assumed it was rare. Yeah. No. And already it's going for like two or three bucks. It's weird, you know, Manamorphose secondary market cost is like $40. That was a common. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so this card is an enchantment. It's got a silver little logo there. And it has very, you know, unassuming text. At the beginning of your end step, untap all the lands you control. And that was green. Yeah. <laughs> so I walk, I walk in. To seize me yesterday. Yeah. And he's just like, did they forget about that time I did that thing with Awakening? Well, yes, they forgot. Okay, first of all, <laughs> nobody working on R&D knows what he just said, right? Maybe Aaron, okay? Nobody else, okay? Did they forget? No, they didn't know. Most of, that was 20 years ago. Some of them hadn't been born yet. Yeah, no, that's true. I think Andrew Brown is 17. He's so, okay. Oh, but first of all, the answer is no. They did not forget. They they were not playing Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Uh, so so if you flipped on any of the streamer events yesterday, yeah. our time, not your time, dear listener, uh, you know the early access streamer events, and you just looked for a random deck playing Wilderness Reclamation, you could find it pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, just off the top of my head, I think Todd Anderson was streaming it, Emma Handy was streaming it, and Andrew Cuneo was streaming it. So Andrew was streaming a green-blue version of the deck. Um, I can find it pretty easily. Oh, uh, that's me. Yeah, that is you. Oh, there's a picture of me on your iPad. Yeah. Uh, where did it go? Oh, did your, it not? Your picture of uh, my picture of you in my phone is the greed Magic the Gathering. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's good. I like that. Oh, never mind. Wrong. Wrong tweet. <laughs> All right, look, we'll, we'll find it some point. Yeah, yeah, so we'll we'll find just, you can find it. We you just can find it if the you, card. If so three and a G for untap all your lands, right, uh, on your end step. 
I'll just go through like a regular scenario. First of all, assuming all of your mana sources are lands, right? Because right. so this is not particularly synergistic with like a land aura, right? right? Which is why when we talked about that yeah. idea of ramping to six mana on turn three. Uh, it doesn't do much with the yeah. Wilderness Reclamation. But imagine you growth spiraled on turn two, and you yeah. play this on turn three. On turn three, you play this, you tap out four mana, and so you have four lands in play. This card's already just better than a Thran Dynamo because it gives you access to four mana the same turn, and it's colored, not colorless, right. instead of three mana. Right. And then on each successive turn, it's even more mana, right? So, so for example... It's much better than a Gilded Lotus. For example, on that turn four yeah. that I've now untapped, I pass the turn back to you because I've untapped, so we're in my end step, and you attack me with a riot, you know, you play your fourth creature, it's got haste, you attack with everything. You just settle their face. I just settle your face. Right. You are also ramping now, congratulations. <laughs> or, or, we're playing something maybe more controlling matchup and you don't do anything. And you, then I just chemistry. You just cast chemistry sensei. Sure. Yeah. So the other things you could do is on turn five, because let's assume your opponent's not blue because it, it just makes it easier yeah. for the example. Sure. On turn five, is that my phone? Did I drop my phone? No, I dropped my headphones. Oh, no. Okay. Um, well, we'll wait for the siren to pass oh, for a no, second. No, no, no. Lean in. Lean into it. Okay. So on turn five, you can go tap out on turn five for Teferi. Use Teferi's ability to untap two lands. Go to your end step, untap the two lands, and put the other ability on the stack. Tap the two lands. So you have five lands. You're untapping five. Have already untapped two. That's seven total. Nexus of Fate. The same turn that you cast Teferi. If your opponent isn't blue, game's pretty much over, right? Yeah. It's already ended at this point, right? Um, and then if you're further in the in the game. Well, here, here's the thing, though. What's 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 you also don't need the Teferi ability. Like you can do that without Teferi. On you know you play that thing on turn four. On turn five, you can also just at the end of your turn, float five mana, untap, oh, have five two. mana, and leave three up, and leave three up, and cast, uh, and and cast uh, next next fate. fate. Also, but I let's just my say, example is bigger asshole. Sure, move. sure, sure. Let's also just say you have search for Escanta in play. Oh. And now you flip your search of Escanta somewhere along this process. Because that's not very difficult to do. No, no. And now you're like, okay, I will search for Escanta. I'll also float a couple of extra mana. I'll find a card. Oh, I found Nexus of Fate. Cool. Untap all my lands. Use the extra mana and that to now cast Nexus of Fate. Um, and then if you ever get a second Wilderness Reclamation, you just can't lose. Because you actually get multiple, you get to dig nine cards a turn for your next Nexus of Fate. That's not including any kind of like card drawing you have or any kind of deck manipulation at all other than just now your search for his content. It, it's, it's just absurd. Um, I think that maybe my kill will be Gaia's Blessing, which is legal and standard, right? Why is that your kill? Why wouldn't it be my kill? You're just not gonna win? You're just going to deck them? Yeah, that's how I win. So you win with Teferi, ultimate. No, I just win with Gaius Blessing. They deck. <laughs> you don't have time. What do you mean? You don't have time. It's game one. <laughs> I'm playing the Chris Benefell school with Magic the Gathering. Oh, good. That's, uh, he got expelled, remember? Yeah, but I'll just be like, I'm not doing anything illegal. Yeah. I'm just like, take, you can concede at any time. Right. Show me your kill. I showed you Gaius Blessing already. Uh, this is going to take a while. <laughs> I mean, uh... You don't like that one? I don't like that one. I mean, what what uh, Andrew Cuneo was doing on Magic on Arena yesterday was playing Hydroid Crisis. Yeah. And so that was like, he was just making, so he's like, okay, I have enough stuff in hand here. I'll just tap out, make a 7-7 seven, seven Hydroid Crisis, untap, Nexus of Fate. Okay, now fly over for six. You know. Oh, so he was doing it the boring way. He was. How, was many, how many creatures did he have to win with? Two? Two Hydroid Crisis. And that was his whole kill? Yeah. So what if his Crisis's die? Well, he would probably have to figure something out. Gaia's blessing, yeah. my friends. I mean, then you would just play... But if you're playing Teferi, you would just ultimate Teferi, and then just... They would just concede when you erase all their permanents. Yeah, but... Well, I mean, you know, you could just play Karn. Yeah, like, Karn is actually pretty pretty yeah. good in this strategy. I mean, worth noting that you might be playing Emergency Powers in your deck, Mike. Yeah. So, and so this is going to take even longer than you were suggesting. So I think Emergency Powers is also a great synergy with this card, because, like, the Emergency Powers is a Azorius card. It's 5 WU for an instant 
Each player shuffles their hand and graveyard into their library and draws seven cards. Del could have done a better job with that, I gotta say. <laughs> Exile yeah. emergency powers. Addendum, if you cast this spell during your main phase, you may put a permanent card with converted mana cost seven or less from your hand onto the battlefield. The downside of playing emergency powers is that you're basically, you know, opening the kimono or whatever yeah. uh, um, for a turn. And uh, you just gave your opponent seven cards, so they might just kill you, right? You don't want to be killed. But if you're going to untap all your lands, now you can defend yourself with seven full mana worth of gas. Right. It's very time spirally. Yeah, this, this, this seems really good. Um, with Wilderness Reclamation. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, you know, you can... Or if you have Wilderness Reclamation, you can just put a Teferi down. If you have the Teferi down, you can put the Wilderness Reclamation down. It's... Or you could just play like a dragon. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's just really nice. How do you feel about dragons? Do you want to just do the gold cards? No, this this podcast is over an hour. Let's break this one and then do do the next one. Okay. All right. That was uh, what is this? Nine nine year anniversary. Nine of year top anniversary. Eight Magic. Top eight magic. Top eight magic. Nine years. Reunion show. Reunion show. Brought to you by Hook Hands. And Ravnica Allegiance and and the good people at Face to Face Games. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shop place. for Magic the Gathering cards at Face to Face Games. As we've been doing for the last nine years. I, I have. <laughs> <laughs>